Hello and welcome back to the Dewcast, the only podcast where we do our due diligence. Today we're talking about A Clue for Scooby-Doo and Mind Your Own Business, episodes 3 and 4 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Uh, joining me today is Tyler Carpenter, world-famous musician. You may know them from uh, their work on Broadway. Um, yes. Oh. Off-Broadway. Oh, oh, sorry. We're doing uh, Dogs. It's a play on cats. And I am, of course, playing Scooby-Doo. Right, right. And uh, we're also joined today by uh, Jason Biles. You may know him as the inventor of the uh, the little symbol that shows you how to put batteries in. How do you do? Yeah. <laughs> he's here. Howdy. He's, uh, you know, ever since he, uh, he invented that, he's been so rich that he just doesn't uh, doesn't do anything else. So there That's are right. no other accomplishments to discuss. Yep, none whatsoever. He's got that uh, notch candy room. Yeah. Hell yeah. So let's just jump right into it, all right? Uh, a clue for Scooby-Doo. Personal feelings, this is an all-time classic for me. This is one of my favorite original Scooby-Doo episodes. This is a great episode. Yeah. I have to agree. I quite enjoyed it, too. I thought uh, the swimsuits uh, were on fleek. Uh, yeah, as the kids say. As the kids say. Uh, they say that. And, uh, yeah, no, a great episode. So... The very first scene in this episode, the mystery machine is tiny, and you can see, like, the very top of all their bodies, and it looks like they must be, like, crammed into a little clown car. And, uh, I found that humorous. Also, Shaggy was fucking super high. Yeah, of course. (laughs) When when isn't he? It's fair, it's fair. And, you know, you can definitely tell he's high based on the food he chooses to fantasize about, like, chocolate-covered hot dogs. Oh, he uh he does not actually get to eat a hot dog. It's uh perhaps worth noting because uh, he is vegetarian and uh, remains vegetarian until uh, early two thousands, I think. Okay. Was that was that an intended uh, thing or did they just not? Yes. The um the original voice actor wanted him to be vegan and they were like, no. Uh, but they settled on vegetarian. But he still tries to eat meat. Scooby just steals meat from him anytime uh, he tries to eat it. Okay. So he's like on screen a vegetarian. Right. Though like never doesn't talk about it that much. Keep it, Scooby's keeping him in check, making sure he yeah. doesn't break his uh, his healthy habits. That's a good friend. That's yeah, do. totally. <laughs> Scooby's a good friend. He's a real one. So we've got uh, the gang here. They're just trying to have a beach day, right? They're uh, they're just yep, dancing. I think they said beach party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which... Freddie, Freddie, and Daphne are vibing out there. Yeah. They're 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 dancing like they're in the '60s because they were, I guess. Right. Of course, Scooby does his classic surfboarding. Yeah. Trick. He's an avid oh yeah surfboarding. surfing Scooby. He's he's great at it, and that leads right into the ghost. Uh, the ghost here, the uh, the underwater ghost, the ghost of Captain. Cutler, as we find out uh, soon after that, right after Shaggy goes pogo sticking inside an umbrella. Classic visual gag. Classic. Classic. I I love Captain Cutler's ghost, aesthetically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of the things that puts this episode at, in all-time classic status for me. Got that luminescence to him. Just mm-hmm. as a kid, you just see that and you wanna. You want to eat him, really? Uh, you want to get your own little, uh, your own little diver suit, make it glow. It's, it's all you could ever want, 
really. Honestly, like, that would be pretty satisfactory. Uh, I just wanted to point out they're drinking, like, Pepto-Bismol several times in this episode. <laughs> it's just, like, bright pink. Maybe it's something else, but I'm choosing to believe they're just straight-up downing Pepto. It's gotta be hard hunting ghosts all the time. Yeah. Hard on the bowels, for sure. <laughs> Though, I, I did want to uh, talk about... Season one, they're not really hunting ghosts a lot of the time. They just, like, run into them yeah. while, like, doing other stuff in the mystery machine, you know? like Night for a night, uh, they were just boating around. Yeah, and I mean, in a clue for Scooby-Doo, they were doing a beach party, and then all of a sudden they had to fucking solve a mystery. Oh, yeah, Cutler was killed by a mega yacht. I wanted to... <laughs> I wrote that down. Yeah. Fucking... All right, so after the they mega, talk, mega yachts we know today. Uh, a I'm choosing to believe mega. it is. You think it was Bezos? Yeah, I think it was literally Jeff Bezos's <laughs> mega yacht in 1969. Jeffrey Bezos Senior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after they drink uh, Pepto Bismol through two straws, all of them oh, are using right. two. Exactly. I, I, I meant to talk about this. Uh, yeah. I think this clip right here is directly what led to you know uh decreasing sea turtle populations i think this popularized uh using two straws for a drink like i i, I kind of understand it when it's like a you know, an alcoholic drink you know you might want to share it but each of them had two of their own straws yeah they were well they i were mean Pepto is so thick right <laughs> like it's hard to sip Pepto through just one straw, right. so you need uh, the second straw. If you're Scooby Doo, though, it's super easy. Oh yeah, no. I mean, we we will get to Scooby Doo's unnatural abilities surrounding the drinking of Pepto later. <laughs> that that's on the docket. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, so uh, first non-gang character is what I like to call them uh, NGCs. Uh, is Ebenezer Shark. He's just like a seaman in blue. He lo- he's got like a sort of pirate vibe going on. Yeah, he is immediately suspicious, right? Like, you're watching Scooby-Doo. You see a character who isn't in the gang. You're like, all right, so... Suspect number one. Yeah, there's a suspect. He's got such an interesting name. Ebenezer. Ebenezer Shark. Yeah, like... Like, like uh, Scrooge? Like a beach Scrooge. He's a beach like Scrooge. beach Scrooge. You know, he looks more like a barracuda. <laughs> I did. I wrote that down too. <laughs> I don't really know what he means by that, but I agree with him. I, I, I love the writing in this episode. I, like, several times wrote down just, like, gags and stuff that I thought were really funny. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, how Scooby's character has not become like what we know and love today yet by this point in the show like his laugh is kind of like like (laughs) like fucking like instead of like the (laughs) they do later where it's like almost like a horse whinnying he's got he's got a weird smile at points uh i don't remember exactly where it is but he had a, a smile that made me mad uncomfortable it might have been in the next episode uh but yeah Right. It was after he did the John Wayne bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I believe so. 
yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So proceeding on through the episode chronologically, because why would we do it in a different order? So they talk to Ebenezer Shark. Fred is like, I'll stay here with Daphne and uh, just like make sure Ebenezer Shark isn't up to no good. Y'all go do all the work. Uh, so, you know, classic, classic Fred move there. Let's split up. First split up of two in this uh, episode. And then they go check out old Widow Cutler. What did y'all think about the Widow Cutler scene? Any thoughts? I love her uh, witch aesthetics. I think the the, uh, the canned hyena gag, the canned hyena laughs gag, really one of the funniest things. Like, really formative in my humor as a child, you know? I, I So I like this scene. I think uh, Velma might have hopped to the conclusion that she was a witch a little bit quickly. I wrote down witch profiling. And I think <laughs> right. that's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, okay, so there is the like cauldron, yeah, but it is above a Bunsen burner and a bunch of other, you know, scientific glassware. I, you'd think Velma, being a woman of science, might jump to a different conclusion. And she says it before they even find the like a newt or uh, uh, what is it? Uh, ear of they find, Newt. like, Eye of Newt. Ear of yeah. Newt. But yeah, I, I think uh, she jumped the shark on that one. I mean, to be fair, though, uh, in, like, the immediate following scene, she does the, like, she takes credit for bringing back the ghost of, uh, <laughs> right. of her husband and is like, yeah, I did that because I am a witch. Right. Okay, so she's right. Like, I'm not saying she's not, but... <laughs> You're right. She she shouldn't have jumped to that conclusion yeah, just because yeah. she was right. Like, yeah. like Tyler says, witch profiling. Yeah. I, I wanted to take note, the, the witch cauldron was actually laundry. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Scooby takes a sip and he's like, wow, that is delicious. What is this? And uh, she, she says, I was just uh, washing clothes. So Scooby canonically has uh, no taste buds. <laughs> Do you think... Uh... The old woman just heard Velma assume some shit, and she was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw with these kids. I'm gonna make them think I'm a witch." Well, if only there were the back half of an episode to explain exactly why she fucked with those kids right. and <laughs> said, "I'm a witch." Well, let's let's proceed. So, uh, they find their first big clue after, uh meeting with widow cutler they find the glowing sea oh yeah it's their first hint that there's uh something going on other than just supernatural stuff this is my favorite scene in the episode i i took note of the fact that they look into the glowing like phosphorescent seaweed and they say it's only found in an area called the graveyard of ships like who called it that <laughs> are scientists calling it that we don't have another name it just happened to be the place where everyone crashes their ships a pure coincidence i'm sure uh, unless uh exactly there's some ship sinking properties that these uh this kelp holds perhaps it's like a siren it lures the pirates over the edge and then there's just nobody to steer the ship and it sinks. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? 
I do. Do you? <laughs> Come on. All right. So I wanted to point something out. In the next scene, Freddy is there with the rest of the gang, and he's like, yeah, Ebenezer Shark headed to the marina. I don't know what he's up to. What the fuck was Freddy up to? Like, he had one job with Daphne, and it was like, keep an eye on Ebenezer Shark. <laughs> and he couldn't do that. Like, I'm just... It's a lot. I don't know why Freddy gets to be the leader. I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm a big Shaggy fan. <laughs> you think Shaggy should be the leader? I don't think Shaggy should be the leader, but I do think he is the MVP uh, in, you know, like, in conjunction with Scooby, of course. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, pure qualification-wise, uh, Velma should be the leader. Uh, not in season one. They're all fucking kids in season one. She's not a scientist yet. Right, but she's smart, and Freddy's kind of just... I don't know. But he's buff and a white man. <laughs> right. He has the car. It's true. I, I mean, in, in, in the movie, of course, uh, Velma's full-on girl boss and should be the leader. But uh, we're not there yet. She Her character hasn't developed into that yet. Velma does take a leadership role pretty frequently when it comes to actually solving the mysteries. Right. Uh, Freddy is just like, you know, he says the things. Yeah. <laughs> he sets up the traps that, uh, he's the trap guy. Yeah. Though most of the traps fail in right, season right, one. Right, right. Uh, my next note is just Among Us in all <laughs> caps. Does that mean anything to y'all? Uh, you're probably talking about their suits? Yeah, okay. it's definitely about the, the scuba suits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, they put on the scuba suits to go scuba diving, and they make a joke about no yeah. deposit, no return. It was a really good joke. <laughs> it's, in the, it's, a, it's a message <laughs> in a bottle. Um, oh, hey, uh, they, this is, so they see one of the boats uh, like speeding away, and they're freaked out that it seems to be going with, uh, with no engine running, and they accredit it to ghost yeah, power. Yeah, Velma says ghost power, which uh, makes it sound official. Yeah, I'm thinking ghost power is definitely what was actually happening. Do, do we uh, get a resolution as to why that happened? Does, uh, or was it... Uh, are we left to assume it was ghost power? I... If, you know, I have a feeling that everyone who listens to this podcast will be able to answer that question. By the end of this okay. the next event sort of thing we have happen once they've done this whole ghost power gag is uh shaggy fucking eats shit and gets caught on a rope and then gets thrown into the water and like plummets oh. through the water through the surface of a sunken ship somehow falling with so much force while underwater that he still breaks through that yeah he sunk oh. like a rock I think uh, Shaggy's been wearing ankle weights. Uh-oh. He's been he's been training. He's been in the gym, and he just forgot to take him off for the scuba. Exactly. Yeah, no, he hits the ground hard. Yeah, yeah, he he crashes straight through the the poop deck. So they split up again to look for more clues. This time, it's the MVPs, Scooby and Shaggy, and the stragglers. What do you know? The stragglers immediately get caught in like a underwater shipwreck by the ghost, by by the ghost of Captain Cutler. Mm-hmm. After finding the body of Captain Cutler. Well, they just find an empty suit. Like Well, no, it's got a person. Yeah, there's a, there's a skeleton. Does it? There. Yeah, there's like skeleton hands. Oh, wow. 
God, I literally just watched it, and I was not paying close enough attention. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it's not the ghost. It, it's not Captain Cutler's yeah, body. But they, um, they did just find a corpse. And he's just kind of sitting there casually. I, I'm going to believe it's it's not a real corpse, because uh, it fits in with the uh, the rest of the episode for it to be fake. Okay. Oh, I wanted to take note of the uh, the scene where Scooby inflates oh, yeah. his suit by uh, unplugging his air supply and putting it inside his suit. Right. Really genius move from yeah. the Dog Wonder. Um, I wrote that it was like their uh, team-up attack against Captain Cutler. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, We so we've got a Scooby-Doo where are you in this scene. Uh, after Scooby-Doo goes flying off uh, with the hole that gets popped in his suit, which leads to no issues for some reason, uh, they can't find him. And so they say, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And uh, that's that's the end of the episode because uh, that, they said the name. They said the name, so it's over. <laughs> Classic, classic, I yeah. forgot matches don't light underwater oh. when Shaggy tries to light the cannon to right. launch it at the ghost. But the thing is, he didn't even rub the match against the rough surface of the matchbox. He just, like, scrapes it across the top. Like He was completely underwater. <laughs> sure, no, no, I'm not saying it would have worked, but he's doing it wrong either way. Who knows? Yeah, maybe I'll... the uh, maybe he had underwater matches and he just blew his chance. You're so right. You know that guy is smoking weed underwater all the time, <laughs> so like he needs yeah. underwater matches. And, and you'd think he'd know how to like better use a match, but he's he's just not doing. No, it. you know I I think uh, we we can all talk about this. We can we can be like, oh, Shaggy should have done this. Shaggy should have done that. But right. really, like. Under pressure, what would we do? Who knows, you know? Sure, but I mean, like, yeah, all, all right, I'll let it go. He's up there. <laughs> I'll, I'll let yeah. it go. <laughs> I'll let it go. Yeah, this time. We'll, this time. There's a pass on this he one. He fucks up a matchbox again. I'm, I, I will not have it. But I, I think he makes up for it very soon. Do you have a particular scene that you'd like to uh, to suggest makes up for it? Well, he, he solves another uh, clue. By showing the gang, uh, I guess. Yes. First, does he show the gang the, uh, what are they, the scuba tanks? Oh, uh, well, Scooby finds the yeah. tanks. Yeah, yeah, they, they, Scooby shows them the tanks. Um, and then Fred finds the footsteps. We get the scene where Scooby pretends to be a hood ornament, oh. and then is chased down by the ghost. And then he shows everyone the scuba tanks. It's like, wait, why would a ghost need scuba tanks? Right. There's a there's an interesting animation error in the scene uh, Tyler was just talking about where uh, Shaggy yeah. sits down on a rock that opens the secret passage right. to the underwater cave. Uh, there's an animation error where Shaggy is blonde for like yeah, two seconds. Yes, yes, I have that written down. <laughs> they used Fred's hair coloring for Shaggy. Yeah, so seeing that kind of like blew my mind because i was like whoa i remember seeing this as a kid and being like what's up with that and never having any answers <laughs> and now i know it's just because animation is hard and people mess up sometimes also when he sits down on the rock it goes down yeah. right and shaggy's mm -hmm. like sitting on it next scene over he's stuck in a hole and the pedestal's not even there oh yeah yeah totally Seems yeah, we, we, we've got a, a descending rock it, it's well, Shaggy's so heavy, he probably just, like, 
broke it. Yeah. You're right. The ankle weights. Yeah. <laughs> Probably also other weights too, right? Yeah. yeah. Cheek weights. <laughs> yeah. They're very important. Now we're on to like the closing action. We've got the trap. We've got the plan. Yeah. They're going to suds him up, cause him to slide into the net, hoist him up to high heaven. Who fucks it up immediately? It's fucking Fred. Fred and Daphne. They're they're part of the plan. They're they're supposed to spray suds on the thing. The first thing they do is let go of the hose. <laughs> I think Scooby and Shaggy get a lot of shit for like, oh, they screw up the plans. Hell no. They are the most important characters. Scooby saves their asses. He's he knocks out the ghost. <laughs> I mean, the big bump pushed their hands off. Yeah, but, like, they should have been prepared for that big bump. It was part of the plan. All right. The big bump was just water in the hose. Oh, they didn't expect so much at once. And and without a a current uh, or a uh, consistent flow behind it, it was just a singular bump. You can't prepare for that kind of stuff, Jupiter. You're right. I'm, I'm being unfair to Fred and Daphne. I'm letting my prejudice show. Right. Big spoilers, but uh, I lost my mind when they reveal that it it actually was Captain Cutler and he wasn't dead. He faked his own death in conjunction with his uh, wife, not Widow. She's not actually Widow Cutler because he's alive. Uh, and then, you know, they were trying to steal boats and repaint them and I guess probably sell them after yeah. that. You know, classic yeah. boat theft. <laughs> <laughs> then who who the fuck died? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I think Who it was a fake kill? skeleton. I don't know. I, that seems like a lot of work. I think he let someone else go down with the ship. I mean, it was like a famous graveyard of ships beforehand, right? They could have just found any old skeleton. <laughs> All right, we finally we're finally on the very the very important scene mentioned earlier, where Scooby uses his magic Pepto drinking skills. <laughs> to drink Pepto out of glasses that he isn't this connected really to. This really fucks me up. I... Well, wait. <laughs> what do you mean? He's got the two, he's got the straw mechanism. Not the straw mechanism. That is the first gag in that scene, okay, which yeah. is hilarious. The end gag of that scene is Scooby sips up all of the drinks while only putting his mouth on his own straw. The rest of the drinks all go all the way down. And then Fred said, or someone says, how did Scooby do that? And Fred says, I guess that's another mystery. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying Scooby Scooby is magical. Yeah. He has magic powers. Like we know from Scoob, I guess spoilers, but uh, he is descendant of Alexander the Great's original dog, uh, and it stands to reason that he has some of the magical powers of Alexander the Great's dog. I mean, okay, but Alexander the Great didn't have... He wasn't, like, magical dude, was he? Uh, I assume I mean, proxy he was a real person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he never claimed to have had power. Like, Whereas his dog was a fictional character in Scoob. Sure. So. I'm just saying, Alexander the Great never, uh, you know, he's not like a pharaoh who claimed to be descended of a god. He's just a, he's just a dude. So, I, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I am not 100% you're sure you're right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, n- neither am I, but, uh.
Do you think there is a logical way for Scooby to have been able to suck all of those drinks at once? Yes. Um, it, so the way he could have done it is he set up a system where there was a mesh under a hole in each cup, and his straw went down through a hole in the table and then split off into several different sections which go up to the mesh and the mesh is colored in such a way that you can't see it through like when you've got the glass with a hole in it over the table and he's uh set it up such that it doesn't drain until he goes to uh drink it i don't think that's what happened i do gen like i'm a i'm a i'm a scooby magic truther i think scooby (laughs) is an actual magic dog um i mean he does talk well, I talk. I'm not magic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you raise a fair point. I, I received yes. that. Is this the first real supernatural uh, event in the Scooby-Doo canon? You'll have to tell me, uh, because I can't remember if we <laughs> talked about any in the last episode. So you're saying that Scooby talking is a non-magical occurrence? That. Uh, yeah, I think Scooby is just able to talk, and just... also he's a magical dog. Okay. In-universe... Scooby can just talk, but the straw thing is unexplained. Yeah. They don't understand how that happened, and it's just, it's Scooby magic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I did want to cover, at the very beginning, he says, uh, my uh, Shaggy, uh, they're talking about him being hungry and stuff, and he says, my first toy was a garbage disposal. Oh, yeah. What what does that really imply? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just got entranced by the image of food just going away <laughs> okay okay i can see that being it i you know you'd think he wouldn't want to like him being the hungry boy that he is he wouldn't want to waste any yeah well i mean you know he's awful skinny for someone who's uh eaten so much so he wants to be the garbage disposal <laughs> yeah he was inspired <laughs> Yeah, I want to be that when I grow up. All right, the next episode, Mind Your Own Business. Another classic, not like one of my all-time favorites, but there are scenes that I absolutely love. The Minor 49er is a classic villain, classic Scooby-Doo, comes back in the movies, comes back in some of the other shows. Really just a fun guy. The way they end up in this ghost town, as y'all might remember, is uh, Shaggy has been misreading the map the entire time they've been driving, and so they are just in some random place that happens to have a person pretending to be a ghost in order to commit crimes. They really just, like, attract that shit. It's almost if it's uh, narratively necessary. Right, or or they're manifesting it. They're all... Yeah. uh, One of them's got ghosts on the mind, and they just bring on that energy. I would imagine, considering they're always so prepared to solve a ghost mystery. Yeah, they're the mystery gang. I don't know, though. They're not like... They're just like a group of friends in episode one, you know? Like, they're not like a thing yet. They just do this when it happens to be around them. (laughs) Well, isn't the first episode them purposely going to solve a mystery? I feel like it just, like, falls on their lap. All of the mysteries do, and like early Scooby-Doo. Yeah, most most early mysteries, they are just like around for it. And they're like, well, it seems like something fishy's going on here. Let's investigate. It's been doing it since they were kids, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> as seen in a pup named Scooby-Doo. And their drama in high school, as seen in the, the other live-action movies. We don't talk about them. 
We will, in fact, be talking about them someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> so, right, quick recap of the conflict that's going on in this. Uh, the Minor 49er was a guy who came looking for gold during 1849, during the gold rush. And he can't rest until he finds the last gold vein. And he, he moans in the mine at night. And it's like, ooh. Oh, I, I wrote down that Hank, the guy you meet, who's, like, telling you all this about the Minor 49er, very suspicious immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, this is not an episode. Like, last episode, I was, I was actually a little surprised that it was like, oh, it's Captain Cutler. Because, like... I didn't realize they did those misdirects that this early in Scooby-Doo. But this episode, there's no misdirect. Um, it's just like... There's two people. There's two people, and it's the one who seems evil. <laughs> yeah, a tall red-headed man and a short I mean, old man. they're both pretty evil. I agree. One is evil in a capitalist Big way. Ben, exactly. <laughs> one becomes an oil baron. Oh, yeah. Well, they both wanted to be oil barons. Right. So, they're both, so they're both <laughs> equally. But... Uh, 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 maybe not equally. Think? The other dude's pretty uh, condescending towards um, man who's revealed to be the minor 49er. I forget his name. Hank. Hank, yeah. He's pretty condescending towards him. He says, show them to their rooms like a good feller. I mean, what the fuck? Like a good feller? Anyways, Hank is there. I'm cutting that. <laughs> Both of these episodes predominantly feature a scooby versus rat bit <laughs> and they use the same exact rat oh, noises wow. and i i just i love those little rat noises so much there's some incredible foley work in this early scooby-doo all of that was done you know in-house like by a person i'd just like to point out that that rat is an ungrateful jerk scooby saved his life i mean he stole his cheese though yeah. aka saving his life as it was trap to kill it if i saw you next to a hamburger on a bear trap Mm -hmm. and you were like oh this is my hamburger it's so delicious i'm gonna pick it up in a second give me that and then i pick it up instead of you and eat it like would you be like thank you for saving my life from the bear trap yeah yeah i would (laughs) upon Upon you removing the burger and me realizing underneath that burger was a bear trap, I'd say, thank you, Jupiter, for saving me from, I I would say, an early grave, but... After this scene with the mouse and, uh, you know, meeting Hank and talking about the 49er, they go to meet Ghost in the ghost town. They see a player piano... Uh, They fucking get so scared they climb like 10 feet in the air on a drapery. There's there's a really interesting bit of uh, foreshadowing here. A branch gets caught on Shaggy's shirt, pulling it back. He runs away. It causes him to bear his midriff for a while. A clear foreshadowing of Femme Shaggy in uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Mystery Unleashed. You're entirely correct. I'm just now seeing that scene back. And after having watched Monsters Unleashed earlier today, it's a one-to-one obvious foreshadowing. Yeah. Right after that, there's like a gag with Scooby just checking himself out in the mirror. And then the 49er is like the reflection instead of him for a bit. And the 49er like participates in this bit for a while. Like, he's just having a good time with this. Why not? Honestly, I kind of like the 49er. He has a lot of fun 
with like specifically Scooby. He yeah, he just like fucks with him. He's like, <laughs> oh, he saw me. I'm gonna go over there now, <laughs> so he'll think he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just trying to spook him. He's not trying to. I, I guess that's most of these uh, villains, but yeah, he's just trying to scare him off. He's been at this for a while. He's got to have some fun with it. Love your job. You don't. You don't work a single day. <laughs> You're right. Love love your job of being a ghost in a in a ghost town. All right. So, cigar store Indian. That's uh. That's our next <laughs> yeah. scene. <laughs> um, I I can't believe that there would be anything in early Scooby Doo that was insensitive to a. Uh, American Indians. <laughs> you say that, but uh, it's a joke. Oh, right. It it pairs well with the John Wayne bit from uh, the earlier episodes. There's an episode coming up in season one that is just like a pretty horrible caricature of a Native American, <laughs> oh, no. like the whole time. We'll get to it. We'll do, we'll talk about it. You know. So they find the safe combination in the cigar store Indian. And Shaggy shows off his giant fucking hands. Oh my I, god. Like, his hands are huge in this scene. Those are yaoi hands. Could you explain what that is <laughs> to the, the listeners? I think that's alright. I think the kids at home can Google that for themselves. Hey, if you're actually a kid at home, don't Google that. And <laughs> also, don't listen to the rest of this podcast. We, we curse. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so Shaggy is super stoked about cracking this safe. He gets to show off his safe cracking skills. Once again, demonstrating that Shaggy is a true jack of all trades. He's an amazing gymnast. He can throw his voice. He show- he has another talent that he shows off later in this episode that I'll point out at the time. I- I'm a huge Shaggy fan. I think he is underappreciated on the team. We get a Scooby Snacks scene. Scooby is too scared to get on the elevator that was behind the safe. And, uh, he's- he's- he needs two whole Scooby Snacks to convince him to get in there. Which made me realize, I don't think there was a Scooby Snack scene in A Clue for Scooby-Doo. Yeah, he was- he was pretty brave in that one. Yeah. He was just, like, raw-dogging it the whole time. I'm now calling into question these Scooby Snack scenes. I, like, I get I get that it's, like, a, a, a staple of Scooby-Doo, but that's not how dogs work. You, get, you, like, you get him onto the elevator, and then you give him the treat. You don't, he you know, give him the treat, and then he's dog. like, okay, you're right. Uh, magic. He's, he can just, like, talk. <laughs> Oh, so now are you affirming that uh, the talking is a magical ability? No. You know what is magical? Scooby's ability to perfectly imitate a chicken. Oh my god. Ah, yes. His chicken impression. He's he's an incredible chicken. That's, like, inspiring. I would say his chicken impression is on par with his John Wayne impression. (laughs) We need to have a power, like, a ranking list of Scooby's impressions. We've got to start keeping track of them. So after they get in, Shaggy immediately finds dynamite <laughs> and lights it. <laughs> I love that he grabs three sticks of dynamite, immediately lights it. Like, he, I think Shaggy has no fear, and he's just playing it up to make Scooby feel better. Shaggy is qu- quite the card. I think he is genuinely afraid. He is also stoned out of his mind. <laughs> Uh, Scooby immediately is the one who actually finds the 49er. We talked about this briefly, but the 49er is kind of like pranking him again. He like <laughs> opens the door and he's standing there and Scooby closes it 
And then when Shaggy goes to check it, he's gone. It's like, wow, this guy is just fucking with Scooby. Speaking of, never mind. I'm not going to do this bit yet. Um, <laughs> so the next scene, we're looking at Freddy. Oh, yeah. Valma's saying, hey, those old floors look weak. And he says, I know. And then falls through the floor. <laughs> Excellent job. Very good observation, Fred. He gets covered in flour and mistaken for a ghost. Yep. Yeah, Flower Fred. Flower Fred. If we get 400,000 listens, we'll cosplay as Flower Fred. Um, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite visual gags of the episode is in the scene immediately following the Ghost Freddy scene, where uh, they are in the cart, and mm. they're like, we finally lost that miner. And he just... He says Goonie Miner, which oh, is a really, really good word. Straight Goonin, honestly. But yeah, he rises up from the next card. And then we get a, a sort of a, a play on the door formula, where they like go in one door, come out the other. Only they like go through one side of the cart tracks and come down on a lower one. I think, I, I think is a fun, a fun thing. I think door mechanics are, they operate on a quantum level in Scooby-Doo, which is why people can just randomly teleport between doors instantly, uh, but only for comedic effect. I think it's important to have a universe in which the magic system works well with the narrative. (laughs) I just wanted to bring to attention once again that Shaggy shows off, like, incredible gymnastic ability after they crash the cart and he rolls down a hill on a barrel. He's truly, truly talented. This next part is a gripe with Fred. Fred says, uh, wow, danger-prone Daphne fell through the hole. What the fuck just happened to Fred? (laughs) I think he's saving face there. I think he's trying to gaslight them into thinking that Daphne's the the one who does that. Oh, and also we get Owl Fred. Um, When he says, when the miner falls through and he says the thing about Daphne, Full 180 degree rotation. Oh yeah, his head. neck is like... <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting to see the, the subtle ways in which they hint at the supernatural <laughs> in, uh, in Scooby-Doo, even while having like the primary message be skeptical of it, you know? It's not early animation, it's its own magic system. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep this bit going for 1,000 episodes. <laughs> Let's go. They kind of find... Do they call their other clues they find in this clue? Do they call attention to the fact that it's a clue? Because they find the wire that leads to a speaker, and they're like, it's a clue! <laughs> but I uh, I at least didn't take note of if they did, you know, that classic bit anywhere else earlier in the episode, which is interesting. I don't know if they found any other clues before now. Well, they found the map that had the... Uh... The safe combination. Yeah. I don't know if that's a clue, though. I, I guess I, I guess the fact that it's a new sheet of paper is somewhat of a clue. Yeah, I think it helped them, but they didn't call attention to it as a clue, at least. Mm-hmm. They find some chocolate sauce, which is like <laughs> when they really start to put things together. It wasn't chocolate sauce. Oh, it was man, crude oil. Down there. You know, this is another scene where Shaggy's unique abilities absolutely save the day, are completely necessary. Shaggy uses his sick beatboxing skills to imitate a train coming down the track to scare the miner into closet type thing. It's like a closet, but it like hangs over. Yeah. Don't forget Scooby's train abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Scooby 
integral, integral to that. I great job on the uh, the scooter with the light and all. Really, really, really a talented dog. Even though he did almost die yeah. because he couldn't stop at the end. <laughs> yeah, I I was worried when uh, the boots started slipping off. I'm like, this is it for Scooby <laughs> Ducast final episode. Then uh, then he was fine. It wasn't that much of a fall. He was fine. Thank God. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was Hank. Wow, that one surprised no one. No surprises here. This is this is a predictable episode. Good, good gags, good humor. No surprises. I was wearing stilts. I don't know the significance of that, but I did write stilts yeah, as an important... I also wrote down that the miner was using stilts. I think maybe it's noteworthy because the guy was short, like Hank yeah. was short. and I guess the other guy was pretty tall. So I get make some a red herring. Oh, red oh, herring! Oh my God! Do you think that was on purpose? I think so. That's a that's a lot because it was a red herring and he has red hair. Wow. Well, we'll finish up with the uh, closing gag of Scooby trying to uh, use stilts to get apples, <laughs> and it goes pretty well until he trips on a gopher hole. He's fine though, yeah. which is evident because Shaggy is not worried about him. He's just like, "Give me one of those apples." I was really hoping for an angry gopher scene. Oh, you'll get one. Oh, and I'd, I'd just like to add in, um, they didn't have to tell him that there was crude oil under there. They could have just <laughs> said, you know. I guess we'll never know why he was trying to ruin your business. And then it would have been end of story. Nope. Mr. Gang single-handedly started a fracking operation. They pretty explicitly are not anti-capitalist in season one. And, uh, you know, I... Obviously, they got some Marxist writers in later, but... (laughs) Once Matthew Lillard came on board. Yeah, famous Marxist. Yeah, Hannah and Barbara were definitely, they had their hands all over these early episodes, and it shows. Yeah, for sure. This has been the Ducast. Jinkies! Alright, cool. Yeah. Wrap, it Wrap it up, we're done. <laughs> Episode 2, baby! Hell yeah. My cats are all up in my business. Hello, little man. <laughs> Sorry.